Hi, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. Tonight's edition is going to be the Props Podcast, and I'm joined again by my good mate, Bradley Johnson. How are we, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thank you. How's yourself? Good. Doing good. We're doing it nice and early this week on a Thursday because we think we found some really good value. And going sort of back to last week on the Thursday game, the Ravens-Miami game, we spoke about doing a podcast that night near enough based on on just that game because there was so much value there. Um, obviously, I decided not to because it was literally the one game, but it just shows you that if we can get enough bets that we like on a Thursday night that we feel are really strong plays, we can get this out a bit earlier. And then if anything jumps up as the weekend goes on, we can start posting some of them out instead of maybe missing out on some of this value of the lines moving too much. Yeah, like you say, if there's value there, we try and put it out. I know you tweeted about it, Ross, didn't you? Through the um, Twitter page, which hopefully everyone's following. So maybe going forward next week, Thanksgiving, there's three games on, isn't there? So maybe we could do a bit on that and then come back again and do a bit on the Sunday. But obviously, we're not going to just come on here and spout rubbish. If there's nothing to we advise better on, then we're not going to say about it, Ross, are we? But it seems lately there's been a fair bit of value on the Thursday night game. Yeah, that's right. Like, and that's why I put it out on the Twitter for the Ravens game last week because them bets that we found were really good. And as it happened, they all come in, so it made made sense. And I didn't end up recording till the Saturday. And I just I can't give out a winner on the props edition. I think I went four and on on Twitter tips and nothing again on the uh, on the podcast. So listening to me on here is probably not the best way to uh, play it. Maybe better just reading about my picks instead of. Uh, me talking about them but such is life hopefully it'll turn around and the bets will come in that I give out on here tonight moving into obviously the, these bets and that then Brads what what do you like first up uh, my first bet is if anyone who listens on the regularly we know I'm quite a fan of the tight ends and I'm going to go back to the um, Cincinnati Bengals tight end CJ Uzuma over 28 and a half receiving yards. Um, I think he's got a really favourable matchup this week. Comes up against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who've given up the second most yardage to tight ends this season across the league. They average over 78 yards a game to uh, tight uh, end, sorry. And I think CJ Uzumar will get plenty of opportunities. His last few weeks, He's seen five targets, four targets, and then before that, he's had two games of uh, three targets. But he seems to have a really high catch rate. I think his lowest catch rate this season has been 83%. So he's clearly a uh, person they trust on, like, short down, uh, short yardage, sorry, but he gets, like, yards after the catch quite a bit. And as I say, he comes out against the Raiders' defence, which is a bit of a tight end sieve, isn't it? I mean, we see, we saw last week, sorry, Kelsey go off against them. And, uh, I think Uzmar's primed there for a big game He's against Jacksonville. He got uh, five targets for 95 and two touchdowns earlier in the year. And against Baltimore, another tight end uh, leaky defence, he got three receptions, 91 yards and two touchdowns again. So I advise over the 28 and a half yards for CJ Uzmar. I think I'll feel comfortable with that, so about 33 and maybe the touchdown any time if you can get a decent price in the two or more against this defence, which has um, given up six tight end touchdowns this season. So I think that could be a, a decent angle this week, Ross. 
Yeah, I totally agree. As you say, the Raiders, I mean, Kelsey's just destroyed them this past Monday for over 100 against them. Um, giving up 78 yards a game. I think I was looking through it. Even Evan Ingram went for over 31 and Carl Rudolph got about 20 in the same game. And the Giants aren't very um, tight end, sort of as much targets, the tight end. Goddard went well over. Noah Fant went well over against them. Um, Cole Komet, I think, went over against them. So, they've, as I say, every game they're being targeted and getting beat quite easily there. In a very good offence, 50 points, I think the total is in the game, or maybe just over 50 points. It's around that sort of figure. So we're expecting, obviously, high scoring. I think, again, we'll see a bit of passing in there when you've got an offence as good as the Bengals with Chase, with um, with Tyler Boyd, with T Higgins and that. I mean, there's so many people to try and watch on that offence. It probably actually helps CJ Uzoma out because when everyone's looking there, he can escape free down the middle and and find them empty spaces. So 28 and a half, it's not that many with what the Raiders are giving up per game. And outside of him, it's not like they're a team that has um, plays a lot of two tight end sets where they both go go out on running routes. It is mainly him that is the main person. Um, so, yeah, I like it, mate. Yeah, so I think... It, it, it's on, the only worry. The only worry is, mate, he is probably the fourth passing down option in that offense. But I think they've shown in the previous games they can scheme up good looks for him against these yeah. um, these defenses that leave the middle of the field open. So I think say twenty eight and a half. I mean the receptions is priced up at, at two point five, but it's forty seven, so he can't really tip that. But he's gone over it the last four weeks, and he's gone over it five of the last six weeks. So. If you like the short prices, that might be one for you. And if not, wait and try and get an over a three and a half at odds against. Yeah. I think they're both pretty decent bets. Uh, as probably more lines have come out for the players on tour Sunday or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll get more. And if they're not getting much action on the two and a half, as you say, they'll probably bump a three and a half there up at something like 21 to 20 or something around them sort of figures. And that, so if if that's what you like, I, I must admit I prefer the yardage than uh, than anything else. Because if they're playing that soft and he gets that one catch, I think the Ravens, I think he pulled out like a fifty yarder, and that would be sick to see him get two catches and and like fifty fifty yards on two catches. So yards is the one for me. Moving on to my first selection, it's going to be quite tight end heavy. This show is, I think, tonight. It's bet that's only just come up online. And it's going to be Adam Troutman over 26 and a half receiving yards for the Saints. Very much the same as what we've sort of just said about how bad the Raiders are. Philadelphia are by far the worst team at the minute against the tight end. I mean, they've given a mammoth 733 yards in 10 games, 73 yards a game on, on an average, but 75 receptions on 90 targets. I mean, nearly enough every time they're thrown at to a tight end, they're catching it. Troutman has started to maybe, I don't know whether he's started to maybe show his potential of why the Saints drafted him, or maybe it's because of Trevor Simeon being a quarterback. Um, because the last two games since Simeon started, he's had six targets, seven targets, and he's gone over this line with 32 yards and 47 yards. So he's cleared it well enough. Obviously, Troutman is clearly targeting him and clearly likes him. Um, the game before that against Tampa Bay, he had six targets. So He's had like 19 targets in three games, 
when you're giving him a line of 26 and a half going up against the worst tight end to defense in the NFL, I have to bet that over. I think it's an absolute cracking look myself. I mean, every game we were talking just off air, Brad, before we come on about the Eagles. And remarkably, the only two players, the only two tight ends that haven't got over this line this season is Travis Kelce and um, George Kittle, probably two, two of the best tight ends in the game. But other than that, I mean, all three Chargers tight ends went over it. Steven Anderson, Cook, Parham all went over it. Um, just every single game, people have been going over and over. Fant last week got 58 and Albert O got 77. Granted, one was probably about a 65-yard catch by Albert O, but it just shows you how soft they're playing this middle of the field um, for the Eagles are. So I, lo- I love this. I think the game will be quite close. I think, again, there'll be enough passing in this game to uh, k- to keep him in it. He's running like 85% of... Um, He's in on 85% of the snaps. So, yeah, again, another low total tight end. Uh, I love the over, mate. Yeah, you're pretty excited about this one, Ross, aren't you? I you're am. You're telling me your voice, but... <laughs> yeah, I agree with what you're saying, mate. And like you say, Troutman, the best... Well, one of the best things I like about it is better is, as you say, they've got Simeon, who he obviously needs the simple throws, doesn't he? The middle of the field, yeah. the easy stuff. He's coming up against the up against the defense, which will happily give that stuff up. And really, their offensive weapons aren't brilliant outside of Kamara, who remains doubtful. I mean, Deontay Harris, Marcus Callaway, and Trecon Smith—they're not exactly a who's who of receivers, are they? So, I think Troutman stepped up to the plate. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the preseason, wasn't there, about it being more of a receiving option this season, opposed to the more of a blocker he was last year. It took four or five weeks for that to come to fruition. But as you say, he's gone over that target for the last five weeks. He's getting plenty of looks now. We say 13 targets in two weeks since the quarterback changed due to injury. Even before then, he was covering the line, getting downfield himself. So, yeah, Eagles are against the tight end, are a complete sieve, aren't they? And yeah. So I don't think, think there'll be loads of points in this. I think there'll be. But I think they'll be moving the ball on each other. And I think when it comes to the red zone, it might come to more of a stop there. But I don't see them troubling moving the ball on each other. And I'll, yeah, 26 and a half. I thought this would have opened about 33, Russ. So you're probably getting yeah. like a, a 15, 18% drop on what we sort of projected. So yeah, I think this is a good bet, Ross. And I can tell you're all very excited. Definitely. And I think he makes a good point about Simeon that you just said then about the middle of the field because his other target that is loved in the last two games is Trecon Smith in the slot. So it makes, again, perfect sense. He likes that middle of the field and the Eagles are really bad in that middle of the field. So it'd be another one. There's no lineup, I don't think, at the minute on Trecon Smith. But his last two games, 44 and 53 on seven targets and four targets. If you see a line there of around about 35, 36, I think he'll be another one that I'll be looking to to get involved in as a as a side one. But there's there's no lineup as we speak at the minute. Um, Brad's moving on to your second selection. Yeah, my second selection is a selection I didn't think I'd be making this week. I thought the line would be a lot higher than what has come out based on what we've seen in previous weeks, and it's Najee Harris over seventy nine point five rushing yards. Um, I thought this would open. 89, 90. As we see last week, Dalvin Cook opened around 82 and quickly got back up to the mid-90s. I mean, Harris, 
as everyone who follows the NFL knows, the Steelers are basically running them into the ground already as a first-round rookie running back. They can't get enough of his usage. And if you look over the last few weeks, he's had 26 carries, 22, 26, 24, 23. Usage is through the roof. He's cleared this total for the last five weeks. He's come up against a lot better running defences which is which he's going to face on Sunday. He's coming up against the Chargers running defence which is complete sieve. They've given up the most yardage to running backs on the ground by a good 80 yards and they're averaging around 125, 126 yards against the run. So they're just a complete sieve, aren't they, Ross? I mean, yeah. I don't think they've got a, I don't think they've got uh they haven't got bad players, but the scheme they're setting up is obviously isn't working for them. So last week, Dalvin Cook ran all over them. The week before, the Eagles ran all over them. The Patriots run all over them. So, yeah, it's just a bet. I like, especially with uh, the issues maybe with Big Ben not being back. I think that they they want to take the ball out of Mason Rudolph's hand, won't they? hands, won't they? And, he, and even if Big Ben is back, you've heard by the usage number I'll give out, like, they have, the amount of carries he's been getting, Harris, is insane, really. So, basically, I asked him to average around four yards a carry, maybe just underneath. And I yep. think that's more than plausible against this defence, which just seems to give up like big game after big game to running backs. Yeah, there's not really much I can add to it. It's, like you say, 125, 126 yards on the ground. And that Darwin Cook's just done them for 94. And Harris isn't one that they're only going to give 10-11 carries to unless something goes on in the game that's that obviously messes up the total game script. They clearly want to run the ball. And a lot of Steelers, when they're underdogs, they always said it on Tuesday on, on the podcast with Matt, that when they're underdogs, they seem to perform so much better than when they're favourites. Um, we've seen it again in a few games this season against the Browns, against um, who did they play the... Um, a couple of weeks ago, was it the Bengals? Was it or they beat the Bills obviously at the start of the season? And that they just they're always so much better as an underdog. And they obviously love this Najee Harris, they're not letting anyone else get involved really in that backfield. There's no Benny Snell coming in. There's uh, I'm not sure who else they've got McFarland there, I think, but they're literally I saying I'm, you are. I think here. McFarlane was, yeah, McFarlane was a healthy scratch last week, so yeah, and that that was with a game in bad conditions which they expected to be run heavy. So they yeah. trust Harris with everything, don't they? I mean, we were on his yeah. receptions last week and his receiving yards should have won a lot more comfortable than what it did. But it got there in the end. Just the amount of usage he gets is insane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's near enough on the field. He's a proper three-down back that he's going to be in on, on nearly every play unless he's being spelled for, for a rest or that. So hopefully, hopefully he'll bust one nice and early. All the way to the house, and we're uh, we're happy days, mate. Um, moving on to my second and final selection, and it's it's going going the opposite way, and it's taking an under on Darren Waller. He's under seventy two and a half at the minute. I think it's seventy two and a half. Am I right with that, Bradley, or am I just? Yeah, I think it's been seventy one and a half. Seventy one or seventy? Yeah. Yeah, I think seventy one. Let's see quickly. It is 71 and a half. So he's only gone over this total twice this season. He's, it's, it's strange how he's, he doesn't actually seem to be getting um, playing as well as what he is. I, I don't know whether he's running more shorter routes or, or what it is, but 
even against the Chiefs, who have been a sieve against tight ends. He only had four receptions on seven targets for 24 yards in that. But the other two games, he went over it against the Giants and he went over it week one against Baltimore, who who are another team that, as we've mentioned, are sieves against the tight end. But other than that, he's only really been in the in the 50s. He's had one game 60. And other than that, all quite lower. So to see him at 71 and a half feels high based on that alone. And then when you throw in the fact that the um, Bengals against the tight end are top five defense against in yards against the top um, against the tight end sorry top about top eight they are but they've only given up 37 catches and only 389 yards which isn't a lot at all now they've played they've played a couple of decent tight ends mark andrews and hawkinson hawkinson got 74 mark andrews i think only got around about 40 yards other than that they haven't let anyone get more than 50 yards against them i just feel this number here is Probably looking at about maybe seven yards too much for me in in this in this sort of game, and with Renfro getting a lot of the targets, with they've obviously liked to take a couple of deep shots to Deshaun Jackson now. Um, I just yeah, for me this one's a bit too high at seventy one and a half. You got any thoughts on it? Yep, yeah, I agree with you there, Ross. I thought the last few weeks. Um... I think last week, well, the, before the bye, sorry, against Kansas, I think he, no, sorry, last week against Kansas, he was priced up around 66 maybe, and he got nowhere near it. And then I think the game against Denver two in week six, sorry, I remember backing him over and he was priced up around 70 again. So he's not been, he's been getting the targets, but he's obviously missing Gruden scheming things up for him. I think a lot of these numbers are probably skewed by his big game in week one against Baltimore where he had a 19 targets. I mean, obviously, he's still been getting the targets. Yeah. He's been getting 7, 11, 5, 8, and then 7, 7, 7. So he's getting the targets, but he's just not getting down the field and he's not getting openly schemed for as he was with John Gruden running the offence. I mean, uh, he's probably still one of Carr's favourite weapons to use, but I think as well, other defences know that know this, don't they? So they... Yeah. try and stop him as well, which is probably something he's not come up against previously in his career, being like the number one offensive, we- offensive weapon that defences look to stop. So, yeah, I think around this number, it's a, it's a good under bet, Russell. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you bet this week, if you bet this number every week, at one point, you would go over. But as you say, looking at the numbers, he's only gone over twice. So the, the stats are in the favour. And like you say, Cincinnati are good against the toy end. So, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a numbers play, and hopefully it's one uh, that we win, Ross. Yeah, I think it's that Jesse Bates, isn't it? That is really good there. Their free safety, the uh, Bengals. I think he's probably had quite a big impact with them against the tight end, playing playing in that role and being able to sort of get after some of these tight ends in the in the middle of the field. So hopefully he'll be there again to uh, to rack up a few tackles for us. Um, other than that, Brad, so I think that's about it, really. There's not a ton of lines out still. There's there's only a few, but I think why we felt we were doing this is because they're probably four bets that, well, as you said, how excited I was on the Troutman one, you can clearly tell it's one of the bets that will be my main bet come the weekend, I think, no matter what. Um, but yeah, the, the value is good enough there that they're all 
classed as as what I think will be really good bets come Sunday. Yeah, that's it, mate. I think, like I say, it's not many other lines up. There's a, the other line I was half interested in was David Montgomery's rushing yards. Yeah. And maybe a combined line of his receiving yards. I think that is around 82, the combined one against the Ravens. So, But I didn't feel that was like, there's two or like stronger than that. So, yeah, that'd be the only other one I'd be half interested in. But like you say, there's a lot of research to be done yet. There's a lot of numbers not up yet. So, no need to rush into anything rough, really. No, there's 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 loads more. There are loads more come up Friday, Saturday. I just think that sometimes if we don't take some of these bets that we think are our best bets and get it out on a pod quick enough, I think we've found how this season has gone on that we're we're not we're not being able to get the podcast out quick enough and some lines are moving because we're waiting for more lines to go up. And it's probably affected us to a certain extent in our selections that we've either missed the boat on giving out bets that we really like because the line has moved too much or we're waiting for, for other bets to come up. And then by the time they do, then we're not, we're not really getting our, our, I can't really say our best selections. It's like we're making excuses. I, I don't mean it in that way. I just think that, after looking back over the last couple of weeks, I think trying to get the podcast up as soon as as soon as we really have our strongest fancy there, not waiting, and then anything that does come out is basically out on the Twitter feed a little bit more. Um, I think that's probably what will work best going forward. It won't be a ton of bets, but anything that comes out now afterwards that is a real strong fancy, I'll probably post on there. That sound like um, sound like a plan as well, Brad. Yeah, there's only so much. Like let's say the lines move so quick, don't they? Yeah. Um, last week, the, well, if you go back to the Monday night game, the, probably the best bet I had last week was uh, Juwan Jennings under for the San Francisco. Juwan Gawan. Yeah, but on the on the Monday night game, but that line come yeah. out literally two hours before kickoff for me. So you can't you can't put a podcast up for one tip, can you? You can tweet about it, and that's what we'll try and do going forward. Possibly recording this early. Because there's going to be lots of other lines going up, isn't there? So, if we can see value early, we give it out, give people plenty of time to make their own mind up about it. And then, as it gets close, uh, closer to game day and kickoff time, we can maybe try and provide something else. But if not, we won't. We're not just going to tweak things out for the sake of it, are we? Or say yeah. things for the sake of it. That's, that's the way we've always done it on here, isn't it? Yeah, and so many bit part players come out late. I know you love the the bit part players late on a Sunday. You obviously can't do a podcast, and I don't. T- I've never really tended to put too many bets out on Twitter. Just, just not something that I really was too interested in doing aside from it. But I think now when I look at it and think some of the value, especially as you say, the Jerome Jennings bet coming out so late, but they put him up. At, I think it was around twenty and a half, and. He hadn't been over it any game this season. It just made perfect sense that it was a lovely unders look. He ended up catching it for catching one pass for three yards. It worked out great. Um, but you can't put up podcasts, as you say, that late or that. Same with McCaffrey on Sunday. They put up his receiving line quite late and it was four and a half at, at even money. Again, you knew he was going to get plenty of targets. I mean, we'll be amazed this week if we see a five and a half at eight to 11. Um, that 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 line will have gone, but it just shows you to so many good bets can come up quite late in the day on a Sunday. Yeah, and that's just you got to keep your eye out for the markets, Ross, haven't you? Now, so we've got to keep looking. Yeah, definitely. Okay, mate, appreciate you coming on as always. Nice to get it done nice and early, and we can have the weekend to find some other bets and 
Have some fun. No problem, mate. All the best for um, the weekend, everyone, and good luck. Cheers. And yeah, hopefully, as Brad said at the start of this, with Thanksgiving next Thursday, there being three games, there's a possibility I might try and do two player prop podcasts next week and try and fit one in on the Tuesday or Wednesday um, to maybe go through the Thanksgiving days day games with there being so many options and then maybe again for the weekend but we'll see we'll see what lines come about and it and if there's enough value there then we'll we'll try and get a props podcast out for the thanksgiving day games other than that any rate review feedback uh subscribing just great help appreciate it good luck all speak soon